You're listening to Get Talking, a podcast aimed at educating and opening up discussion about mental health issues. Here are your hosts, Jason Welch and Christine Howell-Stains. If you got a problem, makes you scream and shout. Maybe there's another way to work it out. Take a breath in and let it out. Get Talking. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to this month's podcast. Um, I'm here with Christine. Hi, Christine. Hello, Jason. How are you doing? I'm fine, actually. I'm looking forward to this uh, this podcast. Excellent. Yes. So um, we're going to talk about the festive season, Christmas. I know. I can't believe Christmas. I can't believe it's come around again so soon. It doesn't seem that long, you know, that we were doing our, our last podcast, uh, How to Enjoy Christmas Under COVID Restrictions. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, indeed. you know, and um, I mean, this year, most of the restrictions have been lifted, haven't they? But, you know, life's not completely back to normal, whatever that is. But but most people, I think, are looking forward to a traditional Christmas again, um, you know, a holiday period with their friends and family. Yeah. We've talked about this, haven't we? We've talked about, you know, uh, this podcast and uh, our initial thoughts were perhaps about giving advice on how to survive Christmas if it all seems a, a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, no, exactly. But, but we sort of came to the conclusion that there's so much out there. There's so much advice out there um, on this kind of topic that we'd just be simply reiterating the same messages and the same messages that we've given in previous podcasts, you know, keep up your daily yep. exercise, limit alcohol intake, eat a balanced diet, and so on and so on. No, I agree. I think that, yeah, it starts to sound like a bit like a broken record. And I think uh, part of our uh, our thought process is slightly different anyway. So, yeah, let's do something different. Exactly. And you know what? In general terms, mental health during the Christmas holiday period is not as damaging as it might seem. The stats actually show, for example, that suicide rates and psychiatric admissions fall during the festive season. Um, they rise again in January, however. See, I, I find that quite interesting, actually, because I guess the, the mere fact that you're saying it, I, you know, I would have thought it would be the other way around. I think most people do think that, Jason. Yeah. Um, but no, it's, uh, it's it's a myth. And, you know, if you reflect on why this might be, I'm sure it's a lot to do with the fact that people are, are often not alone at Christmas. I mean, some people unfortunately yeah. are, but most people do spend Christmas with family and they see more more people, more friends. Um, so, you know, there's others to keep an eye on them if there yeah. are problems. Um, and there's less loneliness and, and, a, and a sort of greater feeling of, you know, connectivity with others. You know, I guess that makes sense. Yep. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. And I think, you know, overall, I mean, this is why traditionally probably humans um, do have these holiday periods during the winter months. We need the social support and the contact to get us through the through the winter. I mean, I think we've got to be careful. We're talking about Christmas, our Christmas podcast. But of course, not everyone celebrates Christmas. It's, uh, you know, it's a religious festival. But we're, I think we're talking about the holiday period, aren't we? The festive season. Yep, indeed. Yeah, I just want to say that. So for me, what I'd really like to do in this podcast is is look at what actually works at Christmas and then introduce it throughout the year. And there's one way that we can improve our mental and physical health quite significantly. And 
the good news is that it's free. It's available to all of us and you can't have too much of it. You can't overdose on it. And that is being kind. So I'd like this podcast to encourage um, the listeners to introduce kindness into their lives. And as we approach the festive season in particular and, and the end of the year. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a, a good starting point. Um, but I but I have to say, right, not just for the festive period, holiday periods, maybe, maybe that can be our motto. Kindness is not just for Christmas. It's for the whole year. <laughs> I love that. Kindness is not just for Christmas. Yeah, that's great. Right. That, that can be our, our, our title line. Right. Let's talk about it then. So what is kindness? You know, there are so many definitions, aren't there? But we, we kind of know what it is. How, how would you define it, Jason? So, okay. Now I've got to think about this. So for me, um, what is kindness? It's about caring. It's about, um, you know, looking out, I guess for me, looking out for others. Yeah. Um, being generous. Um, being, oh, I'm just going to come up with words. So yeah, uh, it's about, for me, it's about caring, being looking out for others, doing yeah. things that, that, um, you know, make you feel good, but also make others feel good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, the best definition that I found out of the sort of formal definitions was a kind person is someone who is caring and considerate of others, gentle and generous. So I think that sums up what, what you were just saying. Yep. I wasn't too far off, so that's good. No. Okay, but you said we can improve our mental health and, and our physical health with kindness, but I'm going to need you to explain why. Okay. So why don't we have some geeky facts? Geeky facts. Right. Neurologically speaking, kindness sees increased activity in the reward centers of the brain. Now, oxytocin is released, and that happens to be the chemical that helps um, with the mother-baby bonding at birth. Dopamine and serotonin are increased, which are mood enhancers. Yep. And there's some evidence that endorphins, which are also mood enhancers and can reduce pain, are also released when we're kind. And this reduces cortisol levels too, and that's the stress hormone. Yep. So acts of kindness will improve mood and they have physiological health benefits. Now, there are several sort of key emotional um, competences uh, that contribute to, to the capacity for people to, to show kindness. Um, one is empathy, to be empathic. The other is love, compassion, and finally, the theory of mind. Do you remember in podcast one, uh, when we talked about the need to talk, and I explained the sort of psychological theory of mind, which involves the ability to understand another person's view, even if it's not our own. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That's when we talked about the um, child and the, the hidden doll experiment, right? Exactly. That's it. That's the one. So neurological activity takes place in the brain, starting with the amygdala. Do you remember that one from the anxiety podcast? <laughs> um, so through to areas of the brain involved in affective simulation. Christine, sorry, I need to stop you there. What is she talking about? Okay, affective simulation. Well, affective, because it's about the affect, the feeling. Okay. And simulation, because it's about mirroring. In the brain, we have mirror neurons. In other words, imagining what another person is feeling. You're mirroring another person's emotions. 
And finally, all this information goes through to cognitive centers that are involved with complex decision-making, this sort of executive functioning uh, part of the brain, you know, attention and control. There's an interesting little um, fact um, that I, I read about that I'll just share with you. There was a study that was published in, in the Journal of Neuroscience um, a few years ago, uh, conducted by the Max Planck researchers, that identified that actually there's a tendency to be egocentric, which is innate um, in human beings, which sounds a bit uh, um, disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> but, but equally, that there's a part of the brain that recognizes a lack of empathy and autocorrects. And this specific part of the brain is called the right supramarginal gyrus. There you go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in some individuals who appear to lack empathy, it could be that this part of the brain isn't functioning so well. So we do know, don't we, that some people, for example, on the autistic spectrum, now not all, yep. um, but some do have difficulty with, with um, empathy. Um, also, we know that a lot of the prison population um, ha has problem have problems with empathy. Um, and when we're under pressure and have to make quick decisions, um, this functions less efficiently. But one of the things that we do know, and I've talked about before, is that the brain has plasticity and it's malleable and it can be retrained, reprogrammed, if yep. you like. So practicing kindness will result in this becoming more automatic and requiring less effort. And if we, if we take a moment and think back to our podcast on gratitude and journaling. My favorite subject. <laughs> your favorite subject, I know. Uh, we know that this exercise, which increases serotonin levels, and that helps to alleviate low mood and anxiety, it's the same when practicing kindness. It has the same effect. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, quite a lot of uh, facts and information there. But I guess thinking back to what you're saying, you know, practicing is going to kind of help it become more automatic. Yeah. So I guess the obvious question there is how do we how do we actually practice kindness? Right. Well, there are so, so many things that we can do and they're so simple. Let's just think about a few of the small things. Smiling. Okay. Just smile at somebody. I'm smiling right Don't now. Forget. Honest, I am. <laughs> Um, holding a door open for someone, yeah. saying please and thank you and, and make eye contact with your shop assistant and, and the coffee shop staff, you know, say hello when passing someone out on a walk and, and let someone go in front of you in a traffic jam. Why not? You know, let someone go ahead of you who's only got one item in their supermarket, you know, checkout yeah. basket when, when you've got a trolley load or give someone a compliment. And there are, there are more time-consuming things that we can do too. Um, you know, think about visiting an elderly neighbor. Invite some friends over for dinner. Take your children to the park. Make a phone call or, or suggest a Zoom or a Skype call to friends and your family that you may not have seen for a while. It really doesn't take that much. It doesn't have to be, you know, huge things. Um, but there are lots and lots of simple things that we can do that are are acts of kindness. And you know what? There's some data from functional magnetic resonance scans that show that even the act of imagining compassion <laughs> and kindness wow. activates the soothing components of the emotional regulation system of the brain. But after saying that, altruistic kindness 
has been shown to offer the greatest rewards for everyone, uh, more than strategic kindness. That means giving with no benefit to ourselves. Do you know what I find quite interesting there, Christine, is um, certain things we take for granted and we don't really think about it, but listing out some really easy acts of kindness, actually, I think is quite powerful because, you know, some of those things I do and I don't even I don't even associate them with being kind, but you're right. Um, the other funny part for me is like, let someone go in front of you if they've only got one item rather than going, no, I was here first, I've got to get, to, and you know, <laughs> and, and it's little things like that. And um uh, over the last few years i've really started when i take my dog for a walk in the morning now i really have started saying hello to people um it's quite funny because you know even in today's society you can tell the people that actually are, are willing to say hello they, they just yeah. some will walk along there's no way i'm making eye contact but but i find it it helps me so i yeah. do say hello to them yeah. anyway um Good. but anyway i think our listeners uh like evidence and most people know that i do uh you mentioned increased in happy chemicals in the brain when we are kind, but that could just be in the moment, right? Is there yep. research that shows longer lasting benefits? Yeah, you're right. Acts of kindness need to be repeated. And as one expert in the field noted that biochemically, you can't live on that three to four minute oxytocin boost, you know, that comes from a yeah, single yeah. act of, of kindness. Kindness has to be worked into our daily routine to have long lasting benefits. There was an American uh, medic, um, Dr. Kelly Harding, who wrote a book um, a couple of years ago called The Rabbit Effect. And this is about the, um, the longer term physical benefits of kindness, particularly in, in medical practice. Now, she wrote this after learning about some research um, in the 1970s. I just love this story. I'm going to tell you this story. Um, the researchers were looking at the effects of a high-fat diet on cholesterol and heart disease, and they had an unexpected result, which was that one group of rabbits who had been fed this high-fat diet were still remarkably healthy with okay. fewer fatty deposits in their blood vessels too. So when all factors were taken into consideration, the only difference that could be found was that this group of rabbits had been cared for by a particularly kind postdoc researcher. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. She'd stroked wow. the rabbits and she'd petted them and she'd talked to them. So they replicated the study and the same results emerged. In other words, kindness affects our physiology. Yeah, I have to be honest, actually, I've not heard that story before. I know that's a lovely story, isn't it? It is, you know, and, it's, and, it's, and it, it never ceases to amaze me. To be fair, and research shows that good medical care only contributes about ten to twenty percent to our overall health. Parts of it is genetic, and the rest of it is about community, social contacts, feeling of belonging, happiness at work, happiness at school, and so on. It seems, for example, that loneliness is as harmful for health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or having high blood pressure. So just to come in there, that's interesting because, we, and again, linking to your rabbit discussion about, uh, sorry, rabbit story about uh, the high fat diet. Yeah. And I don't want to make it about food, but when we talk about the Mediterranean diet, that is very much about lifestyle, about that community, social contacts, that feeling wow. of belonging. Yeah. So again, that's, yeah, that's good, quite good relevant. point. So maybe the Mediterranean diet isn't only about the diet, it's about the way they eat, they yeah. eat together, you know, families around a table. Maybe, yeah, that's yep. really interesting. Um, 
Dr. Harding also quotes the, the UK Whitehall study, which is interesting. That showed that the biggest predictor of heart attack, you're going to love this, was not in fact cholesterol or weight, but the working environment, how we feel at work. Having good managers and feeling supported lowers the risk. Well, some companies mm -hmm. need to take note of that then. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's right. And uh, I mean, we've already done a, a podcast on that. Too, yes, we? we have. Mental health at work. Yep. Um, so as well as direct effects on, on physical health, acts of kindness have been sh uh, shown to reduce social anxiety. Um, which I find particularly interesting. Studies indicate that having a focus on being kind when you're in a social environment distracts away from anxious thinking. And it's therefore very helpful for people uh, who have social phobia. Okay. I always say to my clients who, who struggle with um, shyness or feeling awkward in social situations that an easy solution is to make conversation by asking people about themselves. People like to talk about themselves. That was another of our podcasts, wasn't it? Yeah, podcast one again. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, and asking questions is easy, isn't it? So be a good listener. Ask a question and be a good listener. Don't feel that you have to do all the talking. Some scientists, just to support this from the University of British Columbia, put this theory to the test. And when they looked at it was like over 140 people with social anxiety, they asked some of the participants to take part in kind acts for a period of four weeks. And at the end of this, um, those who showed compassion were significantly more likely to report relationship satisfaction, as well as being less likely to have avoided social situations. Okay, so we, we talked a bit about being kind and, and being kind to others. One of the things that I guess I look at more often than not now is actually about, and I talk to other people about, is a kind of being kind to ourselves, you know, in all of this, is that going to count? Yeah, yes, it does. Being kind to ourselves is important too. It sounds a bit of a cliche, doesn't it? But it does, yeah. If, well, <laughs> yeah, but give yourself a break, seriously. If you're being self-critical, imagine what you would say to a neighbor or a friend. Probably you'd be so much kinder to them. So allow yourself not to be perfect and concentrate on kindness and accepting your own faults and those of others, the, the faults of others. Um, I'd actually like to get a bit philosophical at this point too. You know, I often see people who are questioning what life is about and, you know, that sort of existential angst that, that, that people feel. And I don't know what life's about. Not, you know, I don't think any of us do really. And unless you have a very deep religious faith, um, it's actually quite daunting to think about the future where we're going about death and so on. But showing kindness to each other allows us to find something in common with everyone. Yeah. Opening our hearts to the fact that we're all humans living now with some joy, some pain, but facing death. We're all the same. And this thinking, this type this thinking style can eliminate that sense of isolation and fear. You know, two deep-seated fears that humans experience are the fear of abandonment and the fear of death. And through acts of kindness, those fears can be addressed. We're not alone. You know, we're all on the same journey, heading in the same direction. And that thought can be such a comfort. Anyway, 
Away from the philosophical uh, and back to the statistical. But before you do jump into that, I think, you know, I know know you say about being sort of philosophical on there, but I think it's it's so true. Um, You know, we are all on the same journey. And I I think I just got to jump in here and say, you know, when I have started standing up and talking about my mental health and what, what I went through, um, there's some people that come and go, oh, you're really brave, you know, stand up and talk about it. And and But the other bit, the more powerful bit for me is that when people come and actually agree, yeah, I've seen that, I felt that, I know what you're talking about. And, you know, how, how are you talking? How can you stand up? And, it, and, and the point for me there is we are all on the same journey. Yeah. We deal with things in a different way. But a lot of the time when you start talking about this stuff, we start to realize that actually we have all experienced a number of these things. We just deal with them a different way. Yeah. But the, the kindness part for me is absolutely right. Once we start to accept that we're all going through these, at some point we're all likely to go through some of this stuff. Um, it does have a different outlook on being kind and actually being kinder to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, and it's like I say, it's, it's comforting. Um is comforting. Yep. So can I get back to the statistical stuff now? I know you want to, definitely. <laughs> There's so much research to support the view that kindness is therapeutic. Okay. So contributing, you know, to, to a long run, happier life. Many studies, for example, have shown that volunteers, especially those who volunteer altruistically, live longer. Imagine that. Some of this might be due to having a sense of purpose. And having a sense of purpose reduces all sorts of health risks. 72% of of stroke risk, 42% reduction of heart disease, and 50% of Alzheimer's. I was astonished to hear that when the brain of Alzheimer's sufferers uh, were examined under autopsy, the number of sort of plaques and tangles which are indicated in Alzheimer's found in their brains was pretty much the same. But those who had felt a sense of purpose in their lives had actually functioned significantly better. So the rewards, the rewards are incredible. That kindness and compassion builds a better world, a better person, and a better brain. And as the Dalai Lama said, be kind whenever possible. It's always possible. That's, again, quite a powerful statement there and be kind whenever possible. It's, it's always possible. I, and, and some of the statistics around the, the, the health as well, the message is quite clear, I guess. The message is very, very clear, right? It's, there are so many benefits there. It's quite surprising that we don't all do it more. But I guess I'll go back to the bit I started this, at the beginning there is, you know, with all this information, kindness isn't just for Christmas or the festive or the holiday period. It, it, it's something we should be practicing all the time. Yeah. Uh, the more we do it, the better we'll be get. And also by the sounds of things, the more we do it, the, the kind of healthier we'll get. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Practice like everything practice makes perfect. You know, uh, it becomes easier with practice and, and the health, mental health and physical health benefits are, are there, are proven. Um, we haven't, it's, I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Christmas, <laughs> but you know, Yeah, we just need to emphasize that message. I I want to emphasize that message that this Christmas, I mean, Christmas is a time when I think people are naturally kind. You know, you invite family for drinks and you have a, a, a nice Christmas meal and buy gifts for each other and so on. Um, so 
let's just appreciate that, appreciate those moments during this festive period, but let's take it through to 2022 as well. Yeah, no, I, I just on that, Christine, I think it's, I don't know what it would be, but it, it does seem to come a little bit more naturally at this time of the year, right? That's the way I would link it back to Christmas for me. As you say, we do all these things and, you know, as a society, whether it's the holiday periods or Christmas or, or whatever the situation, this kind of time of year, we are getting good together as family and we are doing more stuff. So it comes a little bit more naturally. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree. Practice it get used to it and then think how can i do this into 2022 what can i do in january what can i do in february um so yeah that's that, that's the way i kind of look at it as well okay so i think we're winding up now aren't we and it's down to you jason this time for three top tips three top tips okay yes so three top tips my three top tips for 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 this episode um i guess Reflecting on what, what you've kind of said in your easy examples earlier on, Christine, I'd say my first top tip would be, you know, if you're in a queue in a shop uh, and you do see someone that's only got one item, um, let them go in front of you. Equally, you know, if you're in a traffic jam and, and someone's trying to move across, just let them come in, you know, and be kind about that. The second thing, which, you know, this time of year is a little bit more common we talked about the the kind of Mediterranean diet and that social aspect of that. You know, we tend to, at this time of year, sit around as a family and eat together. You know, try and make that a bit of a habit for the rest of the year as well, not just at this kind of time of period. And, and think about eating together a bit more often and having a conversation as a family uh, around the dinner table. And I guess the third one, which again links to the second one there, is about... Um, uh, I talked at the very, I think it was the first one about get talking uh, and about gratitude. And I talked about a little, a little um, conversation starter that I had with my family, which was asking each other a question. Um, and two of the questions are, what have you done to help someone today? And what has someone done to help you? And maybe when you're sitting around the table together, you could ask each other that question. Great. Those are really good. Or you could even switch that around a bit and you could, the two questions could be, what have you done to be kind to someone today or how has someone been kind to you? Um, Cause that could just take it right down to, well, I smiled at my teacher <laughs> yep. or something, you know, no, no, even better. No, thank you. Even better, Christine. Excellent. Okay. All right. So that uh, winds up this, uh, this Christmas podcast, <laughs> uh, the Christmas podcast, which is actually about kindness. So kindness is not for Christmas. Um, that was a great line, Jason. Um, so I just want to say Merry Christmas to all our listeners and Happy New Year. And we will see you or uh, you will hear from us in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So same for me. Happy holiday period. Um, and yeah. And uh, Happy New Year. And bye for now. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please contact us through our website, www.gettalkingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's all for now, and we hope you join us again for our next episode.